Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Proverbs 22.4 says this, Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. The sooner you in your life understand life is not about you, the happier you're going to be. Jesus loves humility. And he always said, I don't do things. I do what the Father tells me to do. He was humble. Now, if you have to go around telling people you're humble, there's a problem. I'm full of pride because I'm humble. Thank you very much. In the story of Jesus healing the Roman centurion's servant, one notices the soldier's humility. He was an important soldier in Rome's chain of command, but because he understood authority, he knew his place. Pastor Mark will continue teaching about Jesus' view of authority, as well as his demonstration of the authority he had over sickness. We will be reminded of our need to have more faith, as well as the nature of faith. We'll also see another example of Jesus exercising his authority over the physical realm when he raises a young man from the dead. The faith of these people should be encouraging to us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. The solution to man's problems is not the church. It's not CCM or any other church. The solution to man's problems is Jesus. Don't ever be ashamed of Jesus. You're going to be in heaven because of Jesus, not CCM. If you're thinking CCM is going to get there, you're going to be somewhere else in heaven. You can't get there anywhere else but Jesus. One day, Peter was told by the Jewish leaders who hated Jesus, don't you ever talk about him again. And then Jesus made this statement. Let me read it to you. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now, our world is confused about that. Our world says, any road to God, wrong. You see, that statement, it's either 100% truth or it's a whole lie. You can't iffy that one. I want to challenge you this morning. Paul would go on. He said, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not into talking to people or whatever. Oh, you're going to have to be into talking to people. That's why you're here. You'll see it in a moment. Now, Romans, Paul says this. Let me read it to you. But how can they call on him to save them, unbelievers, unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And who's the somebody? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Who's sent? You're sent. I'm sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Now, I want to ask you another question. Very simple. 
What if no one tells the centurion about Jesus? What's the outcome of our story? What's the outcome? The servant does what? He dies. He was at death. See, in those days, there's not medicine and stuff. He dies. It's over with. Who in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our places of work, who needs to hear Jesus? Everybody. Because if they don't hear Jesus, how can they believe in Jesus? And if they don't believe in Jesus, they're not going to heaven. Do you understand how significant that is for you and me? See, the reason you're a Christian today is somebody told you. They cared enough. So you're going to see this whole story has great relevance to us. Well, look at verse 4. When they came to Jesus, these Jewish elders, which is amazing because they don't believe in Jesus. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this. Because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Here's another crazy thing. A Roman and Jews, they hate each other. But he is generous and he helps build a synagogue. What does that tell you? That tells you that this Roman centurion was searching for God. He was an unbeliever. He was a pagan. He believed in idols and whatever. He didn't get it. He knew something was wrong. It's just like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. When Cornelius is giving to God and he's generous and he's searching. And God has to send Peter to him. And that was really the one of the major converts of Christianity. And that's when Christianity was open to the Gentiles. See, initially it was only for the Jews. So what is Jesus going to do with this? Here's some Jewish elders that don't believe in him, talking about a centurion that he knows doesn't know him. How is he going to respond? Look at verse 6. So Jesus went with him. He loved it. And he was not far from the house. When the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Let me give you three keys this morning. Number one, this Gentile unbeliever showed humility. He begins to think and he says, look, this Jesus is the talk of the town. I mean, he doesn't even know me. He doesn't have to come to my house and you'll see why in a moment. Unbelievable faith. So he humbly just says, don't trouble yourself. You don't have to come to my house. So God loves humility. It's all about God. Proverbs 22, 4 says this, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. The sooner you in your life understand life is not about you, the happier you're going to be. Jesus loves humility. And he always said, I don't do things, I do what the Father tells me to do. He was humble. Now, if you have to go around telling people you're humble, there's a problem. (laughs) I'm full of pride because I'm humble. Thank you very much. No, it doesn't work. You know, you should never have to say it. People should just know that that's you. And this pleased Jesus big time. This is why he said that. Look at verse 7. That is why I do not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. He heard a lot about Jesus. He knew that Jesus was healing people. He says, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, why did he do that? Look at verse eight. 
For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Key number two. This Gentile unbeliever understood the principle of authority. You and I need to understand the principle of authority and power. Authority is simply the lawful right to exercise delegated power. If we're speeding on the road and you see a little blue light in West Melbourne or wherever you're at, you're not going to debate whether to pull over. Now, you might, but we'll visit you from the jail ministry. (laughs) You're going to pull over. You might have a better car than he's got or she's got, but you're going to pull over because they have authority and power. So he compares, it's interesting to me, he compares his authority as a commander over people to Jesus' authority over sickness. That's very different. It was over sickness, not people. Now, do you know this morning that you, as a Christ follower, are under the authority of Jesus? Let me show you. This is the Great Commission. Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority. How much? all in heaven and where earth if it wasn't on earth we're in trouble because we don't live in heaven we live here all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go and when he go go he has the authority and make disciples of all nations that's the mission of the church baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey whatever you might like and throw the rest out. (laughs) No, everything that I have commanded you. And here's the key. And surely I am with you today in August in Florida and to the very end of the age. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why this is a relationship. This is not religion. This is a relationship where God speaks to us on a daily basis. Now, what gets Jesus so excited? Look at the last part of verse 7 again. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. This centurion says, I don't know a lot about you, Jesus, but what I hear is good. Jesus, you have the authority and the power over sickness, obviously, because people are being healed. So just say the word and your power will defeat the sickness and heal my servant. The centurion knew that Jesus' word alone He didn't have to come to the house, was sufficient to heal his servant. Now, what's Jesus' response to this? It's amazing. I'm going to ask you to circle a word. Look at verse 7. And when Jesus heard this, he was, circle the word, amazed. He was amazed at him. Here's an unbeliever, a Gentile, doesn't understand God at all, and He shows amazing faith. And then he turns to the crowd, Jesus does. And who's the crowd following him? Jewish people. And notice what he says to them. I tell you, I've not found such great faith 
even in Israel. The Jewish people didn't have the faith, but an unbeliever had the faith. Now watch this. Key number three, write it down this morning. Here it is. This Gentile unbeliever had faith in Jesus and his word. What is faith? It's simply the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. How did this Gentile get faith? Because someone told him about Jesus. He heard it by the word. Understand, the Bible is very clear in this. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we read, the more we hear the word of God, the more faith we have. Can I thank you today for being here? As we're here and we're enjoying going through the word of God together, what is God doing in our heart? He's stirring up our faith. It's to believe what Jesus says, what the word says. See, I need to learn to have my faith be active, strong. We need to believe Jesus more and his word more. What happens when the word supernaturally goes through the air to this ill servant? Look at verse 10. Then the men who had been sent, they returned to the house, and what did they find? The servant, well. You see, what are you going to call that? That's a healing. That's a miracle. No questions, no doubts. This unchangeable circumstance had been totally changed by a word from God. I want you to think about that. We need a word from God. I want you to write two things. In this little illustration so far, what do we see? Sickness cannot hinder what God wants to do. Now, there isn't anybody, I don't care who you are or who you listen to, that understands healing totally. Sometimes you get on television and you hear these guys say, well, if you give a $1,000 C gift, God will heal everybody in your family and save the world from A to Z and B. And all they're after is your money. Don't listen to foolish people. Anybody that tells you they understand healing totally is wrong. I know a lot of things about healing because I've been healed many times myself. I'm going to tell you this. Jesus still heals today. So when we pray for people, we pray for people to be healed. But I don't know the will of God. By the way, when you die, that's perfect healing. Thank you, Jesus. Because you're going to heaven. You'll never die again. But we believe in healing. It's supernatural. Nobody understands it all. You don't earn it. You can shout and pray and do whatever you want. But we believe. And we believe in healing. We see people. You'll see that this morning in our service. Second, here's the second thing to write down. Distance cannot hinder what God wants to do. Jesus never got to the house. But his word and power got to the house. So when we are praying for people today and these kind of circumstances, which is going to be an individual who lives in another state, is there a problem? Distance doesn't stop the power of God. See, that's supernatural. That's God. That's just the way it is. Uh, And when you see that, what we see here is Jesus rewarded what? Great faith. And the servant was completely healed. Our unchanging God can change any difficult situation. And we're reminded in the Bible that we want to please God because he's done so much for us. Look what God says about faith. Hebrews eleven six. Look at this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, number one, that he exists, that he's real. 
and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This centurion earnestly sought Jesus, even though he didn't understand all about it. And he was rewarded. His servant was healed. At the end of the service, when we earnestly seek God, God is going to do amazing things in our lives. I don't know when or how. I just know he'll honor the faith that we have as we bring a request to him. Now, as you begin to think about that, where's the application for that? Well, just put yourself in the place of the centurion. Would you have approached Jesus at all? Would you believe that Jesus could do the impossible because you, you heard it from someone else? Would you have great faith simply to trust the word of Jesus? You didn't have to go and touch the man. That's amazing faith. See, sometimes religion gets in the way of all the rest of this stuff. You know what I mean? Real this and this and that and the other and the other things and this and that and the other. Be careful. Just keep it simple. See, reading this true story is meant to challenge my faith, your faith, right now, right here, in these unchanging circumstances. And there's one thing I want to ask you. I don't want any comments. And then thank you and amen or whatever at this one. I want you to answer this question yourself. Is God amazed at my faith today? Or have I become a doubter of the things of God? You don't want to be a doubter. He can only please with faith. If it says it, we have to believe it. And he gives us the faith to believe. Doubt, we'll talk about doubt next week. How to defeat doubt. Because John the Baptist, you'll see next week, says he's in prison. Are are you really the Messiah? John the Baptist says this. And so we can see that all of us can doubt. So I'm challenging them this morning. Do I have enough faith to believe my unchanging God can change my circumstances? We should, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes it's hard for us to go back 2,000 years ago and say, well, it didn't, didn't really happen here. And sometimes you watch TV and we see all these people doing weird things and whatever. And, we, and later on, we find out they weren't really healed. They were interviewed in the back room and we're going to tell people they got this and all. And pretty soon we get pretty skeptical, don't we? Nothing is impossible with God, and we move to something that looks impossible. Look at verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, about 20, 25 miles away, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. Why the large crowd? (laughs) They just seen somebody healed without Jesus going to the house. They're excited. And as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. So as Jesus is approaching this town, he sees a funeral procession leaving the city. It's the son of a widow, her only son. And as you begin to see here, what is Jesus doing in all of these stories we read? He's doing the three priorities in life. You know them. You don't need to comp them. The three priorities in life are simply God, people, and how we use our time. Now, why did Jesus go to this town, and why at this time? You see, in those days, a person, and they're still true today in the Middle East, when you die today, you're buried today. And so there was a timing issue here, and Jesus every morning, we know from Scripture, would get up to kind of get his marching orders from God in the morning. 
So God sent him to this town, but he didn't just send him to the town. He sent him at the right time. And as he gets there, you know how valuable time is. He meets the funeral procession at the perfect time. What if he waits three hours? It's over. Jesus knew that we can't waste time with procrastination. I've learned this principle a long time ago, and I try to practice it. I do pretty well with it. Sometimes I don't. But I want you to write it down this morning. It's very simple. Do what God says, how God says, and when God says. You see, timing is part of the will of God. So we just do what he says, exactly how he says to do it, and you'll see how Jesus does that. He already knows what's going to happen. Now, verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Saw her is a picture of compassion. You see, to have compassion on other people, you have to take our eyes off ourself. You and I will never be compassionate people if all we think about is ourself. Jesus saw this widow, and he knew in that day her husband had already died. Her son, her only son, has just died. She's a widow. She has no means of anything. There's no government subsidies or anything like that. Her, the rest of her life is going to be lonely and very poor. And so he knew this would be so difficult for her. And so he says to her, stop crying. Now, she's probably thinking, are you kidding? But he's saying to her, I know that your sorrow is going to turn into joy. Look at verse 14. Then he went up and he touched the coffin. This would have been an open casket. It's not like our caskets today, very different. But it would have been open. He could see the face of this young man. Notice something. Look at me. Compassion is more than a feeling. It's an action. He just didn't go, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Nothing wrong with those words. But he touches. You say, well, that's smart. What's the big deal of touching? Well, number one, that makes him unclean because there's a dead body in there. You know what I think so good about that? He didn't care if he was ceremonial. He wasn't into rules and regulations. He was into people. I'm glad he's into people and not religion today, aren't you? So he he felt the pain of sin and death. Remember, Jesus was at creation. At creation, when Adam and Eve were created, there was no sin. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no pain. There was no suffering. He hated it. In today's message, we saw examples of faith exhibited by people in desperate situations. Pastor Mark taught us about the need for us to tell others about Jesus and the impossibility of someone to be touched by Jesus if they have never heard about him. We also were told about Jesus' authority as well as seeing examples of his authority on display. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll hear more of Jesus' statements concerning His authority. Pastor Mark will be sharing with us about Jesus' authority and how He has delegated some of that to us to use on His behalf. We will also be reminded that Jesus wants us to spread the word of his coming to earth to exercise dominion over all, to redeem us from sin, and give us the power to live our lives his way. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through his series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.